Hi guys, welcome back. It's it's me, Alan Barrett, again here with the latest edition of the Grenade podcast, Pull the Pin. And this week we are pulling the pin on startups. Now this is something, as an entrepreneur, I probably get asked the most. How do I start a business? How do I go about it? So we've got a fantastic opportunity today to answer some of those questions with a real life example. Because we have with us this week, we've got Alex Archibald, and we've got Beth Tomlinson, and they're from Life Bar. Okay, so how this came about was Jules and I did a talk for the NatWest Entrepreneur of the Year a couple of months ago because we won that competition for 2019. And in the audience were Alex and Beth, and they reached out and they're asking me some questions about startups and brand and how to go about um, getting the most out of this, this new business that they've got, Life Bar. And uh, could we go out for something to eat and could we have a chat? And I thought, brilliant. I love doing that. I love working with entrepreneurs. I love learning about their businesses. But we thought it's a shame if no one else gets to hear that discussion because it's a real life example. And this is an amazing brand that we think is going to do really well. So we thought, let's get them on the podcast. Let's have a chat, see where it takes us. And uh, hopefully we'll all get to learn something, including me. So perfect. So let's make a start. And uh, yeah, and I do need to learn, as we know, because I know very, very little. But guys, so welcome. Thanks for coming on. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourselves? Just introduce yourselves and... Yeah, well, uh, yeah. you go first. Me, me go? Yeah, yeah okay. you go first. Okay, Ladies go first. first. Um, so in terms of Life Bar, I mean, Alex initially had the idea for Life Bar and he actually had the idea for Life Bar before we even met. So I was at university and I was actually going to do a bodybuilding competition and I met Alex because he was doing prepped meals. So he had a smaller version of Life Bar with a different name before. Um, and I found him locally because he was local to where I was at uni. Um, and I picked up meals for him, uh, from him, sorry. And we got to know each other and we actually realised we were really kind of we wanted the kind of same things in life and we were kind of on the same path for certain things. Um, and that's how we kind of got to know each other. And that's how I met him basically. Um, and that's how I learned about life and kind of his vision for taking his smaller business kind of to the next step and rebranding it um, and having food related items as well. Cause where he was before he could only do things like smoothies and waffles and he didn't have the capacity to actually do food. So mm. that's how I kind of learned about life and I met Alex and kind of that's how where I am today, basically. Well, funny enough as well, so. you were doing, um, what was it you did at uni? Food and marketing? And yeah, I, funny enough, I did food marketing and business at uni, but I never thought it was going to take me anywhere. And I didn't really think that it was going to be something I'd end up doing, which is really weird because my mum and dad really wanted me to go to uni. And I kind of had an interest in marketing. And at the time I was kind of starting up my social media at the same time, but I never thought that I would do something related with food. So I was mm. always like at uni, I was just like, you know, should I drop out? you know is this something I really want to do should I change my course but thankfully obviously like I kept going with it and I did it to the end and obviously now I am doing something with food marketing and business which is really strange that obviously four years ago there was always this premonition that maybe someday I might do something along the lines of it but in the the start when I was doing it I was just thinking about dropping out so I thought you know is this actually something that I'm going to do in the future which is strange really isn't it isn't it weird that hopefully I think and it it depends how long it takes but people always just gravitate towards yeah. what they really want yeah, to do. Yeah. And I think it's it's good, actually, that you've been able to 
do something from an education perspective that can actually link to what Definitely. to what to what you do yeah. one thing you can't learn is again how to be an entrepreneur and have these entrepreneurial businesses yes. there almost needs yeah. to be a course in that which well, then was, defeats the object yeah that well there was a module in there about entrepreneurship but it's, it's nothing as in real life it's no. nothing no and the things i was learning like you know harper adams is a great university but i think in terms of marketing what I'm really interested in is more digital marketing. So if yeah. I was, if I could go back and maybe take another course, it'd be maybe something digital marketing based. But you know, I think a lot of the things I learned from being at uni is a lot of just more in terms of growth in myself as a person and learning to be a bit more disciplined and independent um, and having more responsibilities. So I suppose that sets you up in a good way. So I, th- I can imagine if you were to move straight out of home and into a job like have all these responsibilities uni is quite a good like intermediate step but I don't think uni is like a massive reason that I'm here doing what I'm doing now but I just think it's a good part of my life that kind of set me up in some Mm. respect for it if that makes sense but like you said like in terms of entrepreneurship uni doesn't really set you up for that no not and the thing is digital marketing and lots of aspects of marketing are you know a thing it's a specific skill set and it's always going to change as social media platforms change for instance but they're all things that that you can learn but actually just having an idea thinking about how you fund it Mm. starting a business there's no two businesses the same yeah Yeah, is is a whole other ball game so Mm. hopefully you guys have got loads and loads of questions about where you are and 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 what what the business does i love the fact you've given alex full credit as well for this idea so one day if you guys become billionaires he's going to use that against you (laughs) we'll have to we'll have to edit edit this podcast back out so you don't say it was his idea i have to give him credit you sue him for half I really hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, I have to give him credit because, you know, he worked really extremely hard from the start in terms of the previous business movie that he had before and in terms of where he wanted to be. And, you know, I always say to him, I would have loved to have been there right from the very start. I would have loved to have met him when he was starting Smoothie, kind of at the first step and doing that with him. Um, because one thing I think Alex learned is almost like, true hardship of a small business and you know he started it and it was kind of like you started it and it was almost like the idea and what you were doing wouldn't last because he was only doing waffles and smoothies it was a novelty yeah okay and i knew it was but it it was just a hard one to transition because having the opportunities with premises and funding Mm. and all these things that you know don't come too easy but yeah so what's your background alex so what what were you doing Um, what what got you into that First business. I come from like a wealth of different jobs and <clears throat> from like laboring groundworks to working in the Middle East and, and trying a load of different things. Um, but moreover, I think it was just a case of I never really know what I wanted to do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I always know I wanted to kind of work for myself and have that kind of freedom yeah. to create and innovate and do what I wanted to. But getting there was just kind of like getting past that nine to five kind of like mentality and understanding that if no one's going to pay you, how do you pay yourself and how do yeah. you earn that money? So um i mean i first started my first job was working in hotels and and fitness i got quite interested in fitness coming from like an overweight background um i got qualified as a pt took a very long time to do it because it was kind of a part-time course Mm -hmm. and by the time i'd actually got to the position to be a pt i just found the industry was so saturated and it, it became more sales than it did actually a passion for like helping someone transform themselves so I quickly I took away from that and you know as I did that a lot of friends were saying to me you know like oh you keep going from this and this and this and this and I was like you know you just got to try these things mm. I got interested in um, finance and investment and wealth management so I started studying towards that I did like an investment advice diploma part-time mm. um, so 
after that, shortly after that, I think I had a job that in Shrewsbury, a local area, um, lasted a couple of months because they basically didn't have the staff to teach me and, you know. So from that, I worked in another place in Manchester, a Forex brokerage that went into liquidation. I think they, they had some sort of money laundering or some shit. That wasn't you, was it? No, it was not me. You know, <laughs> yeah. no. It was doing amazingly until Alex no. started. <laughs> Um, and then from that, I actually got headhunted and I, I went to work in a place in the Middle East, in Abu Dhabi, which for me was great. You know, it was kind of the opportunity I wanted. I was willing to sacrifice money just for the, the you know, ability to learn and, you know, kind yeah. of cultivate skills. But yeah, That's it was the worst. That was the worst experience in the world. And I honestly will write a book about it. Working in the Middle East was just the worst thing ever, I think. I felt really uh, sorry for Yeah, you like no one really knows when I tell them, they're like, no, that no. just can't be true. And basically what happened was I, I, I got headhunted for it. I went for a number of different interviews. Um, I think it was in Solihull, so I had to drive back and forward. Um, and, you know, I was saying to them there, like, I haven't got the skill set to be doing this, but I really want to learn. I, I, I want to sacrifice the money. And, you know, if you can put it towards the training, that'd be great. Um, so we got to it, like, we confirmed a pay packet, you know, I had my last day, I was at the airport, I flew out and we got there, and it all seemed great. Um, I got into the office when, in the Middle East, and it kind of hit me then that, you know, I was like thousands of miles away what from my done? family. Yeah. And anyway, the first week, um, they basically turned around and said to us, you know, you, we paid for this hotel for the first week. I was like, great, you know, I mean, it's a really nice hotel. Um and then shortly after that, it came to the last day. I'm like, right, you've got to go find somewhere to live. And we were like, the people, that, the lad I'd flown out with, we were like, what do you mean? Like, you know, I don't know this country. We've never been here. We haven't even got a visa. And you're saying we need to find somewhere to live. And it quickly turned into a fact of there was a very little regulation for the company and in that area. Um, and unfortunately, it was just the worst experience of my entire life. Like, ended up living in a shipping container that you really? know yeah, you seriously you convert yeah. a converted shipping container that like not one that was on a ship on the water no, so no, like, like no, a mobile no, home. That's no. bad but yeah <laughs> pretty, pretty pretty dreadful and then from that i came back and i was like you know what? i never want to work for someone ever again in my life i think we share that don't we yeah. in terms of like i had some pretty horrible jobs when mm. i was younger and i think we both kind of shared that interest of like i really just want to be my own boss like anything but this basically anything but 10 pound a day yeah. basically. i'll make it work i just yeah. can't do this do you know what's yeah. interesting as well about what you said there there's quite a few um things you've said which could potentially be taken as as negatives by people listening mm. but actually a huge positives yeah. in the sense that fairly early on you've recognized you want to work for yourself yeah. mm. that is a huge step definitely because mm. lots of people don't realise that. They yeah. they want to have a business but haven't got the head round. They get frustrated with their managers yeah. and stuff. Yeah, they don't exactly. So that's why. and certainly anyone that works for me will tell you that. Um <laughs> but certainly that's a huge step wanting to do that. And again, bouncing from job to job and doing different things again, you're building out those skill sets. Mm. Yeah. So you know, learning elements of because if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you need to know a bit of everything. Yeah. But you're never going to be an expert on anything. Yeah. No. But you've you've got to be able to learn about you know branding and marketing yeah. and products and sales and finance and lots of it you're not going to be any good at. But when you start a business, it's it's you and only you. You have to learn. You've got to wear all these yeah. different hats. Yeah. So actually, even doing jobs that you've decided aren't for you and aren't right, you've still learned yeah. something. Yeah. And again, even your experience with the Middle East, 
you've learned a lot from that I've, yeah you know yeah. no doubt no doubt at the very least you've learned you do not want to live in a shipping container no that's now, it, you probably yeah. should have known <laughs> that anyway um but you've still you've still learned that mm. you don't want to do that so yeah. all this because all these start to frame the picture for actually what you do want to do yeah and you can start to build this framework out then of what you want to do and i think i'm a big believer if you kind of know what an end goal might be yeah. mm. at least every day no matter how tiny the step you can make a step towards it mm. if you don't really have an end goal and know what you want to do it's going anywhere yeah you are meandering all over the place yeah. so you do need to be taking steps in the right direction yeah. and it's obviously not going to be a, a, a quick process so then where did the smoothie business then come from and, so, and, 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 and what's the what's involved with that are they I guess the healthy smoothies or? yeah so when I came back to the Middle East I started planning pretty much instantly um, and I was like I, I'm into fitness, I'm into food, and in the area there was no alternative. There was mm. a lot of gyms opening, there's a lot of people into fitness, and it's constantly growing, but there was nothing to supplement the gyms. Mm. So I thought, you know, it's something me and my friends always spoke about, you know, if we could come out of the gym and get some chicken and rice or something, mm -hmm. that'd be great, but you've got nothing but burgers and fried chicken. So I thought, I want to start it. So I looked at real um, estate agents, and I started speaking to them, trying to find a property that was kind of in within budget. Um, it was a budget was very very minuscule. Very, I, very, I was left with pretty much nothing. I think when I when I left the Middle East, they must have owed me about ten or fifteen thousand in commission that they didn't pay me because they pretty much kicked me straight out and were like, "It's not working." You're were you ethical. allowed to keep the shipping container? Unfortunately, not. No, okay. no. That would have been a good place to start. No, I didn't. <laughs> that would actually pictures. look quite good. <laughs> yeah. It's actually our house now. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's parked outside on the drive. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, he came back and I thought, you know. I want to do food. The shop's not big enough. Um, so I'll do smoothies and protein waffles and other things. Um, it was good. The, re the reception from it was really good, but I knew in itself it was a novelty and I knew everyone didn't want to eat a waffle every day, even if mm. it was a protein one or no one wanted a smoothie. The weather's not you know hot enough to warrant yeah. having that. But so it was the first step, wasn't it? It was the first step. And yeah. like you said, like I learned a number of things and I think when Beth goes back to speaking about, oh, she wishes she was at the beginning with me, there was times when I was in the shop that, you know, I'd make £15 a day, but I'd be sat there for eight hours a day. Yeah. But then when I got back, I had to do 60 meals. So, you know, I was working 16 hours a day, but, you know, probably being paid £2 an hour. But yeah. And that kind of gut check for me was when I when we had Life Bar now, mm. we can earn, you know, a lot more than that in a day than what I used to. And mm. for me, I can sit there and we could break even on one day and I'd still be like, it's Just, amazing yeah. that yeah. people are coming and supporting the business and yeah. we're able to even be here. Yeah. And, and the name Life Bar is brilliant. I absolutely love the name. I mean, if you guys could sum up what Life Bar now is, mm. in, yeah. in, and I know this is actually quite hard to do because we chatted about it earlier, and I don't think I could do it with Grenade, mm. to be perfectly honest, but if you were to try and sum it up in a paragraph, what, what would it be? We, we spoke about this last night, didn't we? And we it's, were, we were looking at the executive changing. summary and trying to put together, because it, it is constantly changing. We've kind of worked out Brands now. Brands do that. Yeah, yeah, we've kind of worked out now that the food we want to go with, because we've just redone the menu, is going to have um, vibes of like South American and Argentinian food in it. That's the kind of route we want to go down. Predominantly for colour and flavour. Oh, because yeah, where's that come from? Okay, yeah, colours and flavours Yeah, really it. nice. Um, and then... Life bar, you know, it's not a fast food restaurant, it's more of a fast casual. Because fast casual, you can imagine somewhere you'd wait maybe 10, 15 minutes, you might sit down and eat it, whereas McDonald's is very, like, super fast, like okay. one minute yeah. kind of order, and that's not us. So it's more of a fast yeah. casual restaurant. And then it's something, in the other sense, that we want to be super systemized. So in the other sense, we do look to McDonald's a lot in terms of systemization. 
you know, we did a lot of kind of research into kind of maybe how McDonald's kitchens were set yeah, up to make it super systemized. You know, on McDonald's, like everything, and we tried before to we opened, we did it. like every food item we put down to the seconds. Yeah. Like going to the fridge takes five seconds. Walking Putting back, this together 2. takes five seconds. 2. Getting 5 the seconds. gherkins out the jar. I love this. Now you must yeah. have seen the film The Founder. Insane. Yeah. yeah. On the tennis So court that's one of my favourite films. Yeah. Like, ironically, I watched it a couple of years ago. I watched it again last week. Mm. But anyway, if anyone's not seen the founder if you want to learn about again about business and the attention to detail and what it takes and for them to build a 30-year overnight success that's actually really well worth watching Same it's about the the the, the uh, mcdonald's empire how it grew and and the, the founder of, uh, well not the founder ray Kroc, but who did pretend he was the founder but yeah really interesting so um and was that where that came from watching that film you wanted to get nail you know it in terms of I the think, speedy system yeah we, we watched the film didn't we before it we were about, open it was about midway through when we were planning it i'd say yeah, yeah but we we always took the approach of like there's a lot of money for us being invested mm. and i need to know down to the second to the number mm. how much everything's going to cost yeah. how many how much three go you know it's, even if we bought 20 kilos of rice for instance and we mm. cook it it comes up a different weight so Weighing that rice and then splitting it down into portions, understanding to the to the penny mm. how much these things are. Because everything's think, weighed as well. So like yeah. every vegetable and stuff is like seventy five grams for the green beans. It's like half a cup of peas, mm. two scoops of rice, like things like that. So then we can track everything. Obviously, there's all there's always going to be a slight variance. Yeah. So when we opened, we also accounted for that for the fact we wanted about a ten percent variance in the food, and we were giving people more food when we were open. Yeah. Because we'd only just opened then, so we wanted to really not not in a bad way but we really wanted to capture the attention of everyone yeah wow um and yeah. then you know obviously like as the year go on we go back to kind of like the the standard kind of portion we'd never undercut anyone but obviously yeah. initially when we were open we, we were just worried really about the wow if there was a lot of, of people which there were when when we opened the doors mm. it can just go if the food say wasn't up to the complete standard that we wanted which yeah. it's it's hard to if it's a brand so new concept we had no practice really like you can't practice yeah this stuff, really. i'd yeah. rather people didn't walk away and be like what was that like a couple of pieces yeah. of do you know, do you know what? i think that that's genius as well and again that's one of the most important things for brand is treating your consumers like the royalty yeah, yeah. and again just better to over impress yeah. them than leave them yeah. underwhelmed yeah. with that show i mean and on that note as well be really careful that it's not too overly generous because you know the problem yeah. is there i've got this thing about then nando's where nando's used to be a lot bigger than it is now yeah oh uh, yeah and i think you've got to be careful there that you don't mm -hmm. really set the standard so high yeah. that you can't at some point you've got to bring that back yeah, yeah. and you don't want to then bring it back and then everyone yeah, walks away have mm. what <laughs> have the effect that you've tried to avoid where yeah, yeah people yeah. feel thinking about cheated. the first day though so much anxiety like you just we tried to like we got all the staff together before we opened everyone was happy we tried everyone to practice you know happy. but i remember distinctly taking a selfie in the kitchen it was literally five minutes before we were going to open i took a picture and it was alex and a few other of the staff members behind us and alex's face My soul to this was day, in the bathroom you look, i was in the kitchen if you look back at that picture you could see like the light leaving from his eyes. I was <laughs> so stressed out looking at it, i was like oh my why god are you taking pictures in this time i, I just had to document it. it i had to document <laughs> it but at the same time it's the funniest picture do you know what funny. though but they're all the pictures that you'd be glad you took yeah, yeah. In, i'm glad in, we took that picture in a few yeah. years definitely because yeah um, i mean did was there ever kind of a dream to go and because it sounds like in your almost you, half in the restaurant business which mm. for me i mean it's, it's incredibly hard, it's hard. It is it's, hard do you like, think of it like that do you think of it kind of like a restaurant i think business? more i think we're in like the people business more than anything and yeah i think me and Beth have, have always been interested in the business of food as opposed to food itself like yeah. i'm not a chef Beth's not a chef no. okay but i'm interested in how a product can make someone feel 
mm. and how you can give it to them. Food for the is best very emotional. Cost. Yeah, yeah. Because there was a lot of people that we looked at um, who were abusing the health tag premium, and I looked at it. And it it's transparent, and I think a lot of people can see it, but they ignore it for a certain period of time until they realise I'm paying nine pounds for chicken and rice and broccoli, and yeah. when that mm. kicks in, that's when you're going to lose everyone. So, yeah. I think that's why we were so passionate you know, about it. Yeah, frantic about. How much everything costs because i'm like if, if we can make as much as we need to and that's it yeah the rest of it can go to the customer like, yeah you don't need to have that yeah it's such a tricky one with food because yeah the, the problem is where you've got healthy food as well that's relatively simple that mm. people you know know they should be eating and mm. theoretically can do themselves but they don't have time mm. yeah it's very easy isn't it, to cost up you know chicken and rice and broccoli mm. and then like you say people looking at it going well it's nine pounds but they're not mm. taking into account the fact that you've got staff yeah. it has to be prepared that's yeah. someone's time you've yeah. got overheads you've got a mm. restaurant people yeah. don't they just calculate yeah. the raw you know cost the of the product. food and they don't yeah. think about anything else Which, so this is yeah. why branding yeah. and i love the branding by the way but this is why branding's so important because yeah. that's where the value is yeah yeah definitely and, yeah. and as you increase and develop the brand mm. That that's what keeps consumers coming yeah. back and um, yeah. and and paying because yeah. they're they're buying into the brand. They're so I love the way you, yeah, yeah, I love the way you've summed it up in terms of the fact it's that emotional connection. It's yeah, not just yeah. food in a box. Which yeah. is which is why I always get I always find it difficult to define Life Bar as, as a healthy food restaurant because I always say to someone, well, what defines health to you? Because health to someone is going to be a different definition to the next person next to them. So I think it's more food. I like to say that. It is food that is made with better ingredients. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, freshly prepared. You know, it's going to be leaner ground beef. It's going to be low fat cheese, but it's still something that someone enjoys at the same time because it's not sustainable to have uh, a certain amount of food every day. And, you know, it's healthy for you. You know, it's good for you, but you don't enjoy eating it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's got no taste to it. It's got no flavor. We make food that makes people feel good and is good for them on the inside. And I think that is super important in terms of sustainability for the yeah. brand as well. If it wasn't enjoyable, it wouldn't last. It might be open for a couple of years and then people are like, oh, it's just chicken, rice and broccoli. There's nothing there's, yeah. n- there's nothing to it. So there has to be something that someone enjoys at the same time. And do you know as well, it's amazing. I love the way how simple you've made that sound as such because, and we were chatting about this earlier as well, it's really quite complicated in terms of energy and health mm. and recovery and longevity are all different things. Yeah. And yeah. health is something different to different people. And again, but without making it just bland, because mm. we, we talk about this a lot at work. And for me, balance is really important. Yeah. And we, we've, you know, we've got the number one selling chocolate bar in, in the country. Yeah. And yet it's healthier than loads and loads this of other... I was going to say to you. This yeah, than loads of other alternatives. Mm-hmm. It's like, how is it in the same league as someone like Mars Bar. And the fact that you've beaten them is yeah, just like... Yeah, that's incredible. It, it gives such a good message. Yeah. That, and, and I think we're, we are trying to provide that middle ground where, yeah, you can absolutely make something that's yeah. healthier yeah. if you've got the time to do it and the inclination. Yeah. And, you know, don't mind, dare I say it again, eating food, you know, certainly if I cooked it, it'd be quite bland because I'm, I'm, mm. I'm no good yeah. at being creative and putting flavour in and making mm. it interesting. And for me, enjoying food is one of life's pleasures yeah. Yeah. yeah and i can't imagine having the next 30 40 50 yeah. years and not enjoying we're, a meal we're big foodies like we'll have yeah pizza that's every really week. important we'll have pizza on a saturday every week and it's something we really enjoy looking forward to 
buying a pizza, sitting down with a good film. Um, and Stroking the cats. Stroking the cats, yeah. yeah. And sometimes we might get the pizza and it might not be like, if I get double pepperoni, it might not be double pepperoni. <laughs> I will be so angry. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is my evening. This is my time to have my pizza and watch my film. Don't ruin it for me. Like it is super emotional. You get yeah. frustrated about it. Yeah. And like, you know, we'll message them and be like, you know, it wasn't this, this and this and stuff. And but you have the right to. And <laughs> yeah, you have the right it's to. It's one of those things. Yeah. Do you know what there was that? It's interesting to say about that because just with general life now isn't it a shame where we find ourselves as consumers being constantly disappointed Mm. and that point you know that's yeah for the guy that makes your double pepperoni pizza Mm. again and it it isn't what (laughs) you know it it should be but that's really important to you that's not just again just some kind of pizza in a box which it probably is to the guy that's doing it yeah but to the person that's eating it that's a really important part of your week yeah yeah so Having the care and attention that goes into a brand or a product or food, that's why it's so important. Yeah. Mm. And, and, you know, the attention to detail and the consistency as well is incredibly yeah. hard, certainly as you get scale. Yeah. But that's a really interesting point of how important yeah. that particular, because it's not just about eating a pizza. No. It's a chunk of quality time and that you yeah. sit there and, like you said, you well, look it? forward to it. Yeah. And then yeah. when you're disappointed by it, yeah. and so many brands get this wrong yeah. and consumers are disappointed and they probably have no idea or they don't care yeah but you know do it at your peril because once you lose one it turns into 10 turns yeah. to 100 and yeah. They, yeah they they soon drift away and it, it's you know it's hard to gain consumers yeah. and it's very 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 easy to to lose them i think this is why we struggle with the thought of stepping away at some point and getting someone else in as a manager it's very early obviously oh it is super early we've yeah. only been open about nine months yeah. now but the thought of bringing someone else in you have to kind of understand that Yes, everything might be 100% perfect all the time when it's me and Alex in the kitchen, but you have to accept the kind of 80% right and the 20% maybe not, but the fact that then you're able to do all these even better things behind the scenes, but it, it yeah. is a, a struggle, isn't it? It's easier said, well, easier said than done. Yeah. Do you know, it's one of the hardest things ever with having a business is employing other people, which you need mm-hmm. to do, certainly at the start, because the first, and I take it, how many guys do you, how many people one employed? We've only okay. got one. Yeah. yeah. And were they hard to find? Did they was that I mean initially we had one four. Yeah. Um, but it it's so hard to find the right people. I mean, there was something yeah. in what we were looking at one of the questions which was so interesting for us, but mm. hiring friends and family. Okay. Okay. Can I give you can I give you your you've rolled your eyes, which means that you've already done that and yeah. I'm guessing and, on, and I, on one hand it's I'm, gone really right, and then on one hand it's gone really wrong. Okay. Um, now, I, I don't want to cause embarrassment by asking specifics no, no, in terms no, of no, naming and shaming no, or whatever. No. But We won't name any names. Yeah, but we can, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. sure they probably know who they are if they're listening to this, yeah, potentially. But the, the thing is, this is really hard. Now, I, it's one of these things you learn. First thing you do in business, and lots of people do this, they do go out and hire friends and family mm. for a number of reasons. Yeah. They're people that they know and are close to them. Trust, yeah. yeah trust. They, they, there's someone potentially that if you can't afford to pay anyone, he's going to do it and help you out and work on more yeah. of a subsidised salary. Yeah. You don't have a specific role because, again, you need someone who does lots of different things. So it's not a role you can actually advertise for. Mm. Um, and I absolutely get why it happens. The problem is I don't think I can think of a situation where it ever ends out w- working well. Because yeah. no. I think you have to make that distinction between someone who's working for you or working with you or a, a, as a friend. And yeah. I, I've got, and I have had at Grenade in the past, I've had... Uh, I've had people involved who are a friend, mm. an investor, and a supplier. Jeez. And it's impossible to manage the three. And actually, yeah. I said to this one particular guy, I have to have three relationships with you because as 
as as my friend, I'll, I'll do anything for you. I'm always yeah. here for you. Yeah. As an investor, I have to do what's right for the brand and give you a return because yeah. you're expecting a return. And as a supplier, I've got to basically kick your ass. That's a lot. Yeah. Um. So I have to wear three different hats. But what we did there, and we're great friends. What we did there. We sat down and we worked out the ground rules. Yeah. And I think maybe if you do employ friends, perhaps that's what you should do. Yeah. We've done it and it, and it, it hadn't, hasn't worked. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm going back years. Yeah. And I think, but what's happened with us, we've employed people then who are the right person for the job mm. and then we've become friends. Yeah. And I, I think, think that's, that's absolutely that's fine. Best. So you end up in yeah. the same place. You've got a friend that works for you or works with you. Yeah. But you have to do it that way around. Yeah, if that makes sense. You get away from the initial expectation, then, don't yeah. you, of a certain person? I, yeah. I mean, I'll give you some specific examples. I mean, I, I had um, years ago. I, I, I employed a friend that I shouldn't have done, and I did need someone, but also he was a friend that really needed a job. Mm. So I employed him, um, and again, you know, he was he was okay at his job. He was never going to set the world on fire, but very quickly he did want more than I could pay him. His circumstances changed and they're in difficult situations. You're thinking, well, okay, mm. hang on a minute. I can't now just pay you more than the job requires. Yeah. Because, yeah, because, you, yeah, yeah. Be- because business yeah, is business. It is. Yeah. And I don't imagine any of this is, is uncommon. And the thing is then this, because you're friends, little things creep in. So mm. you know, I'd, I'd come in, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd nipped out, you know, if someone needs to nip out, they need to nip out and go and get something for lunch or whatever. But I was going out and doing a full-on weekly shop in the middle of the day yeah. and coming back in. It was like, where have you been for the last two hours? Oh, just doing more weekly shopping. And then, yeah. oh, my kids are on the phone. Oh, my wife's on the phone, all that. And you think, and actually, the, what they don't understand is you're paying for their time yeah, and you're not getting their time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what they also don't realise is, which they should as the friend, that actually as that impacts the business, that impacts their job. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's no winners in this no. situation no. at no. all. No. Um, and I actually said, you know, you can't just nip out and just go to Sainsbury's or whatever no. whenever you feel like it. And no. he went, well, you do. I went, it's my business. And I said, oh, plus man. I've been here since 6am and I'll be here till 10pm. <laughs> yeah. But, but, and I thought that was a really interesting point for me because then That's your friends, thing. they go, yeah, but you do that and you do that. And that that distinction of actually, yeah, but I own the business and it's my house on the block. Like if I lose it, you don't want to say that though. You don't want to be know, that person really that's hard. like, well, it's my business. You don't want to be, but then you also want to have that kind of balance of like, well, actually, you should respect me though because I am actually yeah. paying you to be here. But it's so hard. It's straight, isn't it? You feel like just saying, please, just don't do please, that. It's hard don't do and that. respect don't works do both yeah. ways. It yeah. absolutely works works both ways because you never want a situation where one is taking advantage of, of the other no. um, as well. So we just always try and have that culture where we, we, we discuss it, and it's incredibly hard. Yeah. But, but again, I think if you, you have to almost define the difference between a friend and a competent professional, yeah. if they end up being the same person, that's brilliant, but generally they don't. No. I always think of examples, the likes of Mike Tyson, who was worth like 300 million when he was 20 years old, went out and employed all of his friends and gave them ridiculous jobs. And, and and was bankrupt in no time. You think, actually, how do you burn through that amount of cash? Yeah. But clearly you can yeah. with, with making bad decisions. And I think that's really common with professional sports people, mm, just yeah. employing their mates. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you need an accountant and you mate an accountant, a good one, that might work, but generally um, speaking, they're not. No, no, no. I think my dad went through the same thing. He had his own business, which, funnily enough, was a foundry that also was used at an event for Gymshark where I broke my arm. Don't. That's a whole other story in itself. <laughs> um, First ever event I brought him to, by the way, with me, and he breaks his arm. Really? Yeah. Mm. Doing what? Armrest. Arm Armrest. Arm oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah never do that. No, no. no. Was, it, was it someone who was a lot smaller than you? And you or no, they... he's a big guy, but <laughs> he, he 
the it mad, was a the craziest thing, table. <laughs> the craziest just, thing about it is it broke dead center. So yeah. we, we were dead center. It wasn't like he was arm wrestling and I okay. went this way and he went that way. It just snapped there in the center. And I thought, oh, my arm's dislocated. And I got up and my arm was just like... Do you know what? I left him for 20 minutes. Yeah. It was the first event we went to. And I was just like, I was upstairs. We were in the VIP area. And I was just like, he's getting on really well with Roland, which is Melby's trainer, one of the Gymshark athletes at the time. So he's getting on really well. I don't want to feel like I'm dragging him around with me for the whole day because no one likes that. So I'll leave him, you know, 20 minutes. He can <laughs> chill by himself and I'll go out to the queue. And next thing I know, I'm down by the queue talking to people and there's someone sprinting around the top and coming down to me. And I'm just like, what's going on? And they're like, you need to get in the taxi now. It's in the taxi. I'm not sure what's happened to his arm. He might have broken it, but you need to go to the hospital now. And I was just like, get in the taxi. And he's got a brand new pair of Gymshark leggings wrapped around him that they've obviously made as like a makeshift kind of like nice. brace. Improvising. I like yeah, it. Yeah, improvising. Yeah. Yeah. And branded as well. A branded <laughs> statement. Um, we hadn't even been yeah. to get together that long at the time, but I had to like cut your clothes off in the bath and stuff in the hotel room. And I was just like, well, at least it might bring us closer together. But that was a very traumatic weekend. Mm. Yeah. You leave, like you said, for 20. Things you're learning. Leave them for 20 minutes. So That's don't take anywhere anywhere unescorted yeah. no. as a responsible adult you no. won't find a responsible adult around here by the way as, you, as you've already noticed um but you were saying as well um going back to the the friends and family and employing mm. people and delegating and again as an entrepreneur i don't know an entrepreneur that doesn't struggle with delegation yeah because one of the reasons they are an entrepreneur is because they like doing things themselves yeah. so oh my God, yeah that that's something that you must absolutely yeah. learn the art of i think that's why as well when we look at the food business we don't look at it as a restaurant because we look at it as it's just all a system and we've done yeah. everything we can at the moment to de-skill it to a point where if we have to delegate it's not going to be a task that requires gordon ramsay to be there for yeah. everything you know yeah. if, okay. you, if you were brand new and you came into the kitchen you could run the kitchen based on what we've run out yeah, yeah. The yeah. systems yeah. are like you know books yeah books. alex enjoys systems yeah. very okay much. Yeah. But do you know what there was well where you can add some process without making it too processed mm. is absolutely necessary as long as yeah. the process doesn't interfere with the brand because again you've yeah. got to keep two separately yeah two separate things really because mm. that consumer experience that we've talked about um yeah it's so important that doesn't become tainted yeah, yeah. but you know by whether it's finances or, mm. or too much process but i think as well with the dele delegation piece you can um one thing I learned actually was, and I think you've just touched on this, yes, you could probably do, certainly at this stage, everyone's job better mm. Yeah. Mm. than they can. Mm. As you start bringing in, say, if you bring in specific skills, so, you know, we've got, say, specific skills that are like graphic design. You know, I can barely turn a computer on, so clearly, you know, the world's worst graphic designer is better than me. Luckily, all <laughs> of ours are awesome. But, you know, I cannot do that role. Yeah. But yeah. I could do, you know, sales role to a point, marketing role to a point, finance role to a point, um, you know, warehousing. But the trick is to find people that can do all these things better than you. Yeah. One, one role that you, you, that you can't uh, recruit for is, is you because no one is going to conduct the orchestra no. better than you will. Yeah. The, the idea is to conduct the orchestra but don't go running around trying to play all the instruments. Yeah. And actually one thing I learned as well years ago was when I, I could do individual jobs better. And like I said, now I can't, but when it's the first, you know, five, six, seven people and you think actually I could do all these roles better. You also can't do the work of seven people. Yeah. No. So, you know, 90% from seven people is better than hundred percent of one yeah. person. Yeah. And I learned that as well. And it all depends on the role and the person. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm generalizing. Yeah. But How do you know then when you get to a certain point where you have the cash flow to delegate mm. the role? So say if you're like, you're better at doing that, but it's going to cost me 
this much money to employ someone to my time instead of so is it, obviously as you know to start a business it's hard to have it that is. if you had the unlimited funds to be like you're a better cook than me you can work the front better than me you can do the cleaning better mm. how do you get to that point or how do you know when you're at that point where you feel it's safe you're only nine months in as to, well to, so it's like almost I mean, like to let someone do it yeah it's a real delicate i'm gonna give you a real cop out answer here because i'm always <laughs> not gonna answer it it's a real delicate balance yeah. of uh yeah what you can afford what roles are available who's available to you mm where your time is best spent mm. and you, you don't want to rush into this too quickly no. yeah. because this is probably one of the most common mistakes I've seen a lot of entrepreneurial businesses is they do hire the wrong people too early. Mm. They then, you know, it, it negatively impacts. And this, this happens almost in every business. This, yeah. this happens. Um, you know, the wrong person is so toxic for the business in every respect that. You know, the, the the cost of getting it it wrong is just so ridiculously painful, and this is why why I can see you don't want to let go. Um, you really it does depend on the role and the person, mm. and, and and if it's a role that you have just got to absolutely walk away from, or you can still be partially involved in and maybe slightly oversee. Yeah. Um, it also depends as well on where your time is best spent. I'll give you an example. I was I did a program a few years ago called the, the Money Pit. It was a crowdfunding show with. Um, uh, Jason Manford and it was there never did one series because the show was, was it was a very strange format but one of the businesses on there was uh, a woman who had um, a, a bar business mm. like it wasn't protein bars but it was like healthy bars mm. and I thought okay I know quite a lot about this um, <laughs> and and she was kind of a one-man band but had a, a, a facility this bakery facility and uh, she went out and hired a salesperson mm. as her first employee and you think, sounds perfectly reasonable. Um, until she said, and this woman was the most amazing salesperson mm. because she had started this business from scratch, knew everything about it, was ridiculously passionate about it. And although she wouldn't have classed herself as a salesperson, it's like you, you're the best salespeople ever for Life Bar. You never mm. get anyone better than you because it's your baby. Yeah. yeah. So in this, um, but what she'd then done, she was buried in finance, which she hated and knew nothing about and didn't mm. like doing it. And hired a salesperson who, surprise, surprise, wasn't as good as her. And I said, and it sounds obvious now when you explain it like this, but she's like, this is going horribly wrong for me. Yeah. So I said, of course it is. You go out and sell. It sounds like you need to hire someone in finance, which is a, a, a dedicated role. Mm. They're going to be better than you because they're qualified and you're not. Yeah. And actually, they're easy to find. You just, you know, you recruit for a finance person. You're going to get lots of people apply. Yeah. yeah. So... It's it's a thing. It's it's kind of an easy role to fill. Yeah. Still going to get the right person and you know for the right salary and, and so on. But when I explained it to you, she was like, "I can't believe I've done that." But it's obvious with hindsight. Yeah. Um. But that's actually really common. Yeah. Um. I mean, what roles have you got now? Specific. I take it you're looking for people to actually cook food, prepare food. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not hard, is it? You could no. just go look. You could get a chef. But we've had a chef equally who came through a ding dong. He walked out mid shift. Room yeah. for people. You yeah. know how chefs and get when it's pressurised. You know, they can get yeah. very emotional. So They also want to have a creative spin on it. Yeah. But Life Bar, you know... It's not that way inclined. We want it to be something that's systemised to a point where if you went to a Life Bar, say, in Ireland, and then you it's went consistent. to a Life Bar here, it's consistent yeah. every time. So unfortunately, although there is room for creativity when it comes to specials and things we might do, see, you know, seasonality and things like that, 
for the main menu there isn't room for that and for the customer it has to be the same every time because like me with the pizza yeah you want it to be the same every time if you've ordered double pepperoni pizza you expect it to be a double pepperoni pizza so it has to be consistent for the customer so and, and that sounds so obvious doesn't it but again i think that mm. was the, the genius of mcdonald's they were the first restaurant chain to offer a consistent offering in every state whereas if you pulled into a, a burger bar and a drive through you were getting something different every time yeah. Yeah. and I think for me probably lots of people actually if you want to have takeaway food or whether it's healthy or not mm. half of it you look with it you know, let's say it's fish and chips mm. you sort of know what it's going to taste like yeah. Yeah. so you're looking forward to it and yeah. there's nothing worse than getting it and it's not right. The yeah. chips are soggy or Yeah, cold exactly. Or so you, you gravitate yeah. towards the meals that you like and the places that you like. Yeah. And you want that consistency. Yeah. And yeah, that does come down does come down to the chef. Yeah. Um I mean I think potentially I, I wonder if if you could get people who again who are up and coming, who are interested in um you know, being a it almost sounds like you need a cook, but not a chef. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we we need for sure calling them chefs. With a bit experience. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. almost like Pret and A griller like or something, do. you know, like yeah, Nando's okay. have a griller. They're not chefs. They can't I think it's a gorilla then. I was like, I said, can you, can you change a gorilla to cook, train a gorilla to cook rice, possibly? <laughs> it's the same um, thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, a griller, not a gorilla. Uh, okay, we're learning already. Um... The, uh, I would pay to see that though. Maybe that could be, the, maybe that could be what's unique about the restaurant. Is where you go in, there's a gorilla. The new logo. Yeah, behind there. Yeah, that's that's, 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 yeah, that's yeah. your new, new logo. And then you could actually rotate for the animals. So yes. one day it's a giraffe. I'm not sure if a giraffe. They've not got the opposable limbs, no, have they? they? Work with it. Yeah, uh, we'd have to have an elevated yeah. ceiling as well. I just yeah. Think that. yeah, we always say it's brand uh, banter and uh, and and yeah and, and bullshit. So we've definitely entered into that into, into the, the latter. Um, but the. I wonder if you could go to like some catering colleges and potentially have some open days and see mm. what you get. Because we did this, we've only ever done one, but we did an open day once where we were looking for about five or six roles and we had an open day in the in the building. And we spent like three hours at night and we had some little workshops and we did a few talks. And I think someone's got to probably buy into the culture mm. of you guys as well. I'm going to make a note of that. Yeah, which is, which, is, which is very <laughs> infectious. And rather than just coming in for a job, yeah you know just to cook food yeah and i think certainly one thing that works well at grenade is there's all sorts of different jobs in the building obviously but everyone wants the same thing and we're all there for um everyone's there as kind of a family and we're all we're all yeah. we're all pulling together for the same thing yeah. so i think the minute you've kind of got someone on the outskirts it's just a job mm -hmm. and they kind of come and go they're yeah they're going to stick out like a sore thumb yeah. potentially and yeah. that's something that again comes from the founders and you guys will be able yeah. to create that in absolute abundance i mean yeah. you're nine months in it's, it's still very very new absolutely yeah. nothing and what would the dream be what would the dream be for life bar oh, Do you systematically know what? yeah flawless yeah that's pretty much how we'd want it isn't it but, but then also having that community as well so like yeah. when we go to Gymshark HQ and I visit my manager I take Alex with me and we walk around there and it's like you describe like it's it's almost like a family family yeah I mean Alex always say to each other how can we get life bar to a stage where people just the staff themselves and not the owners are so invested in the brand and they believe in it and love it so much that it's almost this community kind of feeling and we always get that when we go to Gymshark HQ and we walk through everyone's Everyone feels like it's cool to be here. Like yeah. it's I'm I work for Gymshark and they're proud to say that. How yeah. do you get a brand to a point where people are proud to say they work for the brand? And mm. I think that again is the another, biggest thing for us, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But that comes from as well. That comes from the founders and everyone's gonna be an extension of you. And I think that comes from just making good decisions for the brand. Yeah. yeah. Because 
you guys have quickly realised, and rightly so, that making good decisions for the brand, and you've said it about the, the portion size where you want to wow your customers and go mm. over and above, yeah. where everyone else just frankly does the bare minimum. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you can go over and above, that's something that as you employ people, they'll start to embrace that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we, we have our our mission statements of doing it well or not doing it at all and mm. not doing yeah. normal. And certainly if we don't love it, we don't do it. Yeah. And, and these are all things, they, they, it sort of sounds a bit cheesy until you have a specific business situation where you're not sure what to do. And then you just actually, you just look at the, the mission statement and go, do we love this? Actually, we don't. Yeah. We're not doing it then. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes decision making yeah. really easy when you have mm. a few of these. So you should, and you've obviously got your handbook, you should potentially start to almost... Just start to formalise a few things that are really important to you. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Because I didn't do this for about six or seven years. And someone said to me, what's your customer service policy? I didn't have a customer service policy. Mm. But he said, you know, if someone, he said, if someone came to our customer service guys now and, and they, they weren't happy, what would you want the customer service guys to do? Mm. And I said, treat them like royalty. Was exactly what I said. I went. I said, "Okay, that's your customer service policy." Yeah. Yeah. So if you know if that's all you have, that's absolutely yeah. fine. That you yeah. want to treat the customer like royalty. Yeah. So the fact they come back and they tell people. Interesting, actually, I said about what's the dream, and it was all around process and systems. But you didn't say we want a thousand stores. We want this. You know, it wasn't about scale. What, what's your yeah. dream in terms of scale? Well, we'd love the scalability, but yeah. imagine the scalability and everything was, you know, we'd scaled, but we'd done it too quickly and there were still mistakes and problems in the, the, the basic life bar. And then it was almost like you're replicating a turd across the UK. Yeah, okay, nice. Like, Never replicate a turd. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, why, so, always, we always say... Yeah. Can't, you can't polish one of those either, no. apparently. <laughs> we always say if we could have, like, the healthy version of McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. That's the easiest way for people yeah. to understand. They know McDonald's, they know healthier food. Put the two and two together. But without saying it's healthy, like people just yeah. understand. Just a better alternative. Like you don't have to go get, yeah. you know, normal fries. You can get sweet potato fries. There's benefits to sweet potato more than there is normal. Yeah. And it's simple things that people just Small overlook things, and they think they have yeah. to do the next groundbreaking idea. But I think that's what we want is just a mm. systematic, better alternative for people to eat. Yeah, And you know as well, you've actually summed that up beautifully in terms of we want a, a healthier version of McDonald's. Yeah. It's like me when I said the Red Bull of sports nutrition. Yeah. So we wanted, you know, a product that was everywhere. That yeah. Was good for you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we, we came up with that mantra. And yeah. if you can just start to really get succinct with some of these things that, that you want. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, um, no, it's, it's really powerful. I mean, today as well, what have you found hardest? What's been the hard, I know it's all hard, but specifically, because people are interested to learn this, what's been the hardest point about this brand journey for you? I think both of us have had different struggles because Alex had the business before. I didn't have the business before. So I had a lot to learn in terms of like understanding, like especially like cost with certain things. So, you know, for instance, the 10 foot stainless steel tables we've got in the kitchen, those are second hand mm -hmm. because otherwise first hand, they'd be like 300 pounds each. So I think for me, it's kind of like, but I thought personally, I was just like, well, we can't have secondhand tables because food hygiene, you know, what if they had something on them before and they're dirty, but that, that's not the case. But obviously from someone that hasn't had something before, it's very difficult to understand, okay, what's necessary in terms of cost and what is unnecessary. Yeah, do you need yeah, to spend yeah, £2,000 yeah, yeah, on yeah, tables yeah. or no. do you need to spend £2,000 on making the customer's experience better? And yeah, what's more important? What's it's the understanding priority? that, isn't it? And being you know reasonable and putting things in a list of priorities and being like okay that yeah. is a priority but it's equally not going to really bother us if it's yeah. coming brand new or if it's been used two times and someone yeah. said i don't give half price because i don't want it anymore yeah. so 
And that is just being resourceful, isn't yeah, it? And I think that's one thing. Yeah. And you know, I define that as well is, and I said this actually today, spending money's fine when you need to. Wasting mm. money's not. Yeah. And, mm. and actually you've got to think, yeah, is it a waste of money to yeah. pay? Yeah. Plenty yeah, of things the, we the, want. The extra. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And you don't need them. No. We could have spent a lot of money on the kitchen. Yeah, of course. Money. That's critical. Yeah, no, yeah. I get that. Yeah. I mean, out of interest, do you mind me saying, you know, what, what has been your budget to start? You know, what mm. what have you had to, to, to play with to kind of get this off the ground? So we both had some funds, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, um, I've 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 saved from social media for the last couple of years and doing that and earning money from that. I kind of saved money because I knew at some point I didn't want to just do social media for the rest of my life, and yeah. I wanted to have my own thing, but I didn't know what it was and where it would be and what it would be about. So I just saved the money, um, and then kind of just you know hoped I'd kind of find my way or find something that I was interested to fall into. Like obviously, I was very lucky to meet Alex and. Mm-hmm. He had the idea and I was just like, you know what, I'm really passionate about the same things you are in terms of... Not just food, but like just a, food. A, having something external and a business that you could yeah. potentially scale and yeah. give back to, to people that yeah. are equally the same as you and you yeah. want that kind of resolution. Yeah. It's not yeah. there, so if yeah. you can create it, yeah. you know there's a thousand other people like you and yeah. do the same thing, want the same thing. and Yeah, yeah. You know it's yeah for me it's be concrete. Like social media and what I've done has very much been about um females coming from like a background of being like very underweight so I was super underweight and for okay. me it's always been about gaining weight yeah because you've got a monstrous following online haven't you sort of like 400 billion followers or something like billion, that. I wish. <laughs> um but yeah coming from a background of being very underweight I just wanted to empower people to understand kind of like it's, it's difficult you know it's like I said before what defines health and you know I get a lot of people that come into life bar or they direct message me on my page and say you know I'm, I'm tr- trying to eat more I'm trying to gain weight like what do you eat to gain weight and I always say you know well it's not about you know the specific food groups it's you know calories and things like that but trying to teach people in a sustainable way so it's almost like you know for me when I gained weight and I kind of found myself within that I kind of gained a lot of confidence in myself and then that dripped into everything in my life so because I was more confident in me and who I was I was more confident in job interviews in you know socializing and things like that so it's it's life bar for me means more than just kind of the the kind of just you know people coming in and buying a product it's more like people coming in and buying a product which I know is better for them so it's going to benefit them in that way um and then it's also kind of educating people as well like we have loads of stuff in life by you know posters around the wall educating people about things just just as simple as whey protein yeah you know my mum thought whey protein when I first started taking it was a steroid (laughs) yeah Um, you you know what's hard with this as well it's so confusing and so Massively. complicated yeah, nutrition like you said health confusing. means different things to different people yeah and y- y- someone even entering into a conversation about health and certain types of diets without knowing exactly what they want to do mm. you know it's it's almost impossible to yeah. give any advice and yeah. i learned actually years ago i'm really interested in the science behind nutrition mm. and performance nutrition working with olympic athletes and the military it's really interesting. The problem is, you know, to build a big business, you need everyday mass market consumers. Yeah. And most of them are not interested in that type of thing. They And actually, it's very difficult, even with the, the benefits of social media nowadays, it's so hard to educate consumers. Like I said, around, around you know, whey protein, mm. I, I know really intelligent, uh, 
people, you know, have got great jobs and they're the police officers or whatever. And, you know, they mm. used to come around when I had a distribution business years ago. You know, these guys, friends of mine are coming here in the police and they'd look at my carb drinks, you know, mm. just these, these, these carbohydrate drinks and they'd just say, oh, they're all steroids, aren't they? You're like, what? Um, you know, and you think, yeah. and these are people that, again, good jobs, intelligent, trained, yeah. I'm really into it. And they've got no idea what's, yeah. what's what. I, I think what we learned was where on one hand you've got... Uh, mass market fast food confectionery crisps and the giant FMCG brands mm. who have been you know selling very unhealthy stuff to to the the, the country for the last hundred years, mm. and on the other hand, then you've got you know the likes of veganism and flexitarianism and um, these sustainable diets and and, and all that complexity around mm. in inverted commas healthier food, and actually in the middle of all this. There's just people who actually like food, are busy, and they just want something that's better for them than junk. Yeah. But they don't just want to eat crap. Kale. Yeah, just yeah, yeah kale. Spinach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and there's a lot. And normally in business, you should never be stuck in the middle. But I think in this circumstance, <laughs> it's the only place to be. Yeah. Because everything else, there's just a, a monstrous extreme. And and those are the. It's great work of the Olympic athletes, as I've said before. But there's not that many of them. Yeah. Mm. And. And, and again, the, the type of food that, you know, is very, very clean and very nutritious and very healthy, if you're an Olympic athlete, you know, Olympic athlete you'll probably be doing it yourself. Mm. You don't then, that, that's where you have the cost issue where people then won't, won't pay for it. Yeah. Um, but you just want those everyday consumers that, uh, that, that do it. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of where you are now, what's, what are you finding hardest? What are your biggest worries, fears? I know there's lots of fears. <sighs> Hiring people. Yeah. And finding good people, mm. not yeah. just in the business, but externally. Yeah. And having that advice and having someone who can help shortcut and bypass these things and say, yeah, yeah I've done that, don't do that. Or it hasn't even got to be in the same industry. Yeah. It can just be a process or it can be a thought or it can be anything. Mm -hmm. Someone just saying like, yeah, I wouldn't probably do that. Yeah. And someone who's been there and done it, you know, I'm going to respect their opinion a lot more than someone like you said, like if you go up in a... a review box and everyone's dropping in silly reviews and saying oh you should do this or you should do that but you know it's not possible you can act because yeah yeah like yeah. we were talking about so just on that note as well you know again go back with with regard to the recruiting people and you have kind of got to go for the pain with this because you can't you can't bypass it yeah you've definitely got to hire slowly and fire quickly yeah with, yeah with, with, without that. a shadow of a doubt mm. um and like i said you know when you when if you do get the wrong person you 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 just no. Yeah. Um, and you've actually said some, something else as well, really interesting in terms of trying to find people that almost know more than you do. Yeah. yeah. Now, again, depending on what, because actually I, I, I did my first private equity deal with Grove Point Capital based on this because, you know, I don't know what I don't know. And I thought, oh, I'll get these kind of corporate private equity guys in and they'll know all this stuff about business. And actually... They did about business, but not about my brand. No yeah. one's ever going to know more about this than you do. Yeah. So I think you might almost be where you don't know, you're almost better off from going out and learning rather yeah. than finding someone you think does know, because chances are they probably don't. Yeah. And also, if they tell you something that's wrong, you won't know it's wrong. Yeah, because you don't know what you don't no. know. So mm. this is why learning and with business is so important. Mm. And actually, I talk about this a lot on the podcast, is, is failing and failing quickly. Yeah, because yeah. it's only by failure that we actually learn. Yeah, yeah. and it's absolutely fine to fail at some of this stuff because you just yeah. you just yeah. won't do it again. Yeah. But you have to make sure that failure isn't too painful. 
you know, yeah. it, so you have to mitigate the risk of the failure because if the failure means you've lost your business, that's yeah, bankrupt, catastrophic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if it, the failure means that two people didn't get the food that they wanted, well, you can rectify that. Of course. Yeah, of course. So it, it's obviously not as bad. But yeah, yeah. If, if this is a failure with the, the brand and it's unchecked, you know, mm. that's absolutely catastrophic. Yeah. I mean, is there anything, because I'm conscious of time, is there anything else as well that you guys really want to... Let me just ask me. So yeah, so we've got we've, we've got, got some we've got got some, yeah got some questions. I know I know we're covering uh, stuff as we're we're going through. Mm. Um, actually, just while um, you're looking for your questions as well, how are you finding working as a as a, a partner? Because I get asked about this a lot as well. We, we, we I all... laugh whenever someone asks this because it's oh, just yeah. the funniest Cause it, thing. Because yeah, it's that bad it's or that good? It's oh, just no, good and it's, bad. It's good mm. and bad. It's got its pros and cons. Mm. Like sometimes I have to shut my you know go and lock myself in the toilet and knife bar and take a few minutes and you know. <laughs> Sometimes you're not allowed to kill him. Yeah, and sometimes we'll just we'll do this thing where like we've stopped doing it because we don't want to accidentally like damage something in the kitchen. But whenever we get frustrated with each other, we like poke each other in the side. You know, it's like, called a jonga. Called a jonga. We just like okay. jonk each other in the side. It tickles. It's horrible. It gives me loads of anxiety and it pisses me off. But <laughs> it's like it's just our it's thing. Easier than getting angry. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's I, I think it's because sometimes we're so passionate about what we're doing and we really want to make it work and. Both of us kind of bring, I suppose, pros and, you know, different things to the business. So I, I almost say, like, Alex is bad cop and I'm good cop. So when it comes okay. to certain situations, Alex is very, like, brutal to the point. So he'd be like, no, because of X, Y, and Z. And I kind of, like, bring on a little bit, I suppose, of emotion towards the situation. I'm just like, well, what about, you know, this because of this, this, and this. And we kind of come to a common ground. And I think that's where we work together best with it. But obviously, you know, when you're passionate about something and you're doing something together, if you're not having silly little arguments every now and again, well, it just doesn't mean that you're that caught up in it. You know, I think it's good that, to have those kind of moments sometimes because you both just really want it to work. So. You need healthy challenges. Yeah. And I think I always say if you're in a room full of people that agree with you or if you're the smartest person in the room, mm. you're definitely in the wrong room. Mm. And I think it sounds like, again, you've got those complementary skill sets, which is brilliant because Jules and I get asked at this a lot in terms of working together. And we always say, like, it's the best thing and it's the worst thing. Yeah. Yeah. I know it seems like a bit of a silly answer, but you absolutely yeah. get that. Yeah. And I think at least when you're building a business and you guys go home you're always thinking and chatting about it mm. as opposed to, so that and that's critical because again that's probably when you get a lot of things agreed yeah. and decided because actually when you're working in the thick of it mm. in the day it's too hard whatever, to yeah there isn't you haven't got the headspace to yeah. do it so yeah, sometimes both, you're busy you, and i want to talk about it and you like, can't I'm busy yeah and i'm like and i'm like i can't right now because i've got like 10 green beans <laughs> i got all these things going so, ahead i'm, I'm just like, like can't do it yeah. right now <laughs> but you know what as well it's really important even when you disagree and i can tell actually the way you are but you laugh about it yeah we do so yeah it's absolutely critical um, we haven't we haven't had many arguments to the point where we've just like really oh you will this you will hated each other it's more just stupid well, we things. have had like probably we one have, or two but, and it, but it's not as much as the stupid little ones that we yeah i think we both time. need to know what we know and we need to know what we don't know and the things that we don't yeah. know go find out what how yeah. to know them basically how do, they yeah. how do you define the roles because when when jules and i started there's two of us mm. i did product development and sales mm. and then anything finance <laughs> financy <laughs> yeah um. <laughs> al's mouthing something who can't see what his mouth I don't, I don't think i don't think it's complimentary <laughs> Beth, to be honest no, um, it probably but, but then jules did everything else no, yeah. but it was mostly yeah. marketing yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah i think for me i kind of like so 
done I suppose obviously for me like social media and what I've done is more of like a personal brand so it's not the same as like a business brand but I suppose I had some idea of like social media and like what people gravitate to in terms of content and stuff so I was like oh you know we should do videos and I take a lot of the content for the social media page on, on my phone and things and on my camera and stuff and I try and do as much of that as possible and you know I know how to use photoshop so I can do the basic things and stuff like that and then but there's no doubt that best following as well has added huge yeah, without a shadow of a doubt yeah we've had people travel from texas oh wow just yeah. because they followed beth and chicken and rice yeah, yeah. Chicken it must rice, be amazing chicken and rice yep. i always get so anxious though when people come and they've traveled i'm like i'm in the kitchen i almost don't want to go out because i almost don't want to disappoint them because i feel like sometimes I, I mean i met you i was disappointed yeah. I'll be honest. <laughs> don't worry that's fine that's fine that's normal that's yeah, not, yeah that's normal. as i'm sure so were you mortified yeah. you met me um, um that's amazing but the fact yeah. that someone mm. would travel so far Same. Yeah, we had a that's incredibly powerful. The other weekend, mm. yeah, they came down from Bournemouth, Bournemouth which Liverpool, is like three Manchester, hours drive. Birmingham. Yeah. It's just in, when they come, yeah. we, we make Jamie, we make a good especially we make our big staff member, who's just great on the front. Yeah. He'll buy them brownies and just to thank them, and you know, yeah. anything. Just it's yeah. just insane the fact that they travel that distance. Yeah, it's just mad. Yeah, you know I might I mean? put a downer on this for ten seconds. Yeah, that's go fine. on. In the sense that that's amazing especially with social media mm. but also likes don't pay the bills yeah no so and it and it sounds to me again you've almost there's almost two brands going on here because there's a social media element of it and kind of mm. the personal brand and people following you guys and right yeah. so and then you've got the life bar brand mm. it's all going to be the same thing and kind of merge yeah. into yeah. one i suppose what i do is i know it's short lived like I know in terms Social media's of, fickle. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. 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 The, the fitness industry in general is so heavily saturated now. Everyone's, you know, doing the same thing. They're all doing... I'm I'm very aware of the fact that I'm doing workout videos and I'm doing, you know, pictures and stuff and everyone is doing the same thing. And I'm well aware that, you know, everyone kind of categorizes everyone in the fitness industry into the same bunch. And, you know, everyone's getting bored and sick of the same content. Like I'm super aware of that, um, which is why... I'm happy to have life bond transitioning because I knew at some point I'd transition into something yeah. else than what I'm doing, but I didn't know what it would be yet, which is obviously with life bar now, but mm. I just know that it's short lived and it's almost like the fitness injury is so saturated. Everything's been done now. There's only so many workouts you can do. There's only so many pictures tutorials. you can take and tutorials yeah. you can do. Like I know how short lived it is, um, but it's almost kind of like, I don't know, it's just having that transition period of like having that kind of following and then kind of like not funneling it. I'm not well, this funneling. is why we're so engrossed in trying to make a community for Life Bar and there's yeah. certain things we want to do. And, and utilising yeah. who's following you know, before and, that, yeah. And just try and give back and there's certain things we take massive inspiration from someone like Pretamanja, for instance, you know, who do like the Rising Star programme and mm. yeah. they really get people, the customers, their staff involved into the business and that's yeah. one thing we would love to do and yeah, yeah. give back and bring everyone together who enjoys the same thing. It sounds to me, and I know this is easier said than done, it sounds to me as well where you've got this amazing community for your, um, you know, for your restaurant where you are and you're doing all the right things and you need like the fullness of time as well just to start to develop this. Um, but you've got people coming to you. If there's a way where you can actually take Life Bar to them yeah, and you can ship the meals and again i know this is very very difficult to do in terms yeah. of shipping fresh healthy food but if and and the uk certainly and and, and the us are littered with meal failed prep. meal prep yeah. delivery companies because mm -hmm. it's murder but i wonder if there's a clever way of doing this where what you've got definitely i think it's easily the best version of this i've ever seen 
and like you said, they are they are very common. But with what you guys have got, and you're so likable, and and you know you've you you you. you passions about this this brand mm. and you realize the fact that the social media element of it's important but it's not the be all and end all yeah. but i wonder if you can start to get this out to more people in a sustainable and, and also profitable way where you aren't yeah. just you know working for nothing because i know it's incredibly difficult to do mm-hmm. and and again just start off small and just see where it takes you and don't try and get too big too quickly because mm. certainly in business that's tough anyway and i think anything with food getting too big too quickly you know, isn't the Does that sound yeah. something that's possible for you guys? I think what we were looking into, we, we were really interested mm. in doing stuff like uh, festivals, events, pop Catering ups, in general, and just having something yeah. that you know you could bring to the people and make it a yeah. bit more mobile. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, it is something you could that just would have a good. few products off the menu that were quite easily to do, and mm-hmm. then you could have a van and you could go to festivals, you mm-hmm. could even get hired out for weddings or events and things like that. And it's, I don't know, like a wing stop. That's one of the ones. The marketing, yeah, we look very good in the sense of okay. yeah, and oh, they, they have like a van people. and they. Well, I tell you what, then. So I tell you what we'll do. If that's something you actually want to do, why don't we do it for Grenade HQ? So if you guys want to come over one day, anytime to suit yourselves, and again, you can prepare food for 60, 70 people or whatever. Seventy-five if James is in that day. Um, <laughs> then um, actually, no, it's not right. Eighty if James is in that day. Um, <laughs> can do that why don't we be your first customer for that and see how it goes wicked, and if it's an yeah. absolute yeah. disaster we'll know yeah. we'll know yeah. we'll yeah. obviously yeah we will put it all over yeah. social media but no, <laughs> if it's brilliant we'll tell people if it's a disaster we won't say anything does yeah. that sound like a deal that's the best way yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. should we should we do that so then yeah, yeah see how it goes come mm. and come and learn on us yeah worst thing yeah. that me give us all terrible food poisoning and half my staff die but <laughs> to be honest that's a chance i'm prepared to take Life um, bar be closing down. Yeah. Company's house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like, the amazing bar. Bradley. Life bar. bar kills grenade <laughs> team. Um, yeah, but let's do something like that again. That that that'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, and again, see how it goes. Learn. It yeah. might be something that you decide then you you don't want to do. But I yeah. think what what you've got, it's t- it's too special to not grow. Yeah. But you've got to kind of grow it in a sustainable Just way because it's right you. Way, yeah, sure. Right path and you know what, guys? As well, there's no rush. As long as you can pay the bills yeah. and you're having fun yeah. and you've got a bit of a plan and it can go somewhere, brilliant. Yeah. That's kind of... Yeah. That's, it's relief, doesn't it? Here we, the case. we always you know. say like the best thing about what we do is the fact we get to work together as well. Yeah, brilliant. So... I mean, that's probably more of a pro for you, to be perfectly honest, uh, Beth, than, than Alex. But just, yeah, just, potentially. Just being know, totally honest for a minute. <laughs> yeah. um, but the, uh, I mean, I mean, and you've got some, have you got some questions as well from some of your followers? Pick ones where I don't know the answer to, so that'll be just, they'll just be a yeah. v- very, yeah, very quick in it, which is probably most of them. Uh, one of the pretty quick is uh, about goal setting in general and how do you think big while looking at the day-to-day stuff? I think with that, you've got to set short, medium and long-term goals. Mm. And I think it's it's really probably answered it earlier when we were saying about the fact that you've got to know where you think probably the end game is. Yeah. So everything you do is a little step towards it. Yeah. And a little step is fine. Yeah. It's better than a step in the wrong direction or yeah. a, a step backwards, definitely. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you've absolutely got the, the day-to-day stuff, which must work well. And I mean, it sounds like you're all over that with the efficiency and making it yeah. better and, and the improvements. Yeah. Um, but yeah, think where you want to be yeah. in the next week, yeah. in the next month. Yeah. I think we're going to be this time next year. Maybe have a plan for the next five years. But but to be honest, five years things chop and change yeah, all the time. But you know what? It changes. Who cares? Yeah. It's it's better to have a goal that you then decide is the wrong goal and you change mm. than just having no goal at all. Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah. Definitely. Um, there's one here that's not specific, but it's more just around in terms of starting a business with someone else. Like, 
do you think it's fundamental that you need to start with another person or can you start just by yourself? Or is it I think, yeah, I mean, just, just by yourself, um, fine. Most people start with someone else, I yeah. think, for the, for the support. Mm. I mean, even the likes of Virgin, you know, Richard's sort of the founder, but there are multiple shareholders and investors and, and mm. founders of, of, of Virgin. Yeah. I think they've either now very minority investors or Richard's bought them out over the years. So um, no one's an island. And, mm. and I think this is an incredibly lonely journey, whether there's one of you at the start off or, or 10 of you. Yeah. Um, I think the fewer the better, yeah. because where there's two of you, you'll disagree on stuff. Mm. Where there's three, four, five of you, they just don't stand a chance. And yeah, it, it's really common where you get brands with multiple founders and you they're just going to disagree. Yeah. I mean, there were a number of founders at, at Unilad. I know that there were sort of various fallings out there. Um yeah, a lot of the top brands I can think of, there's been, you know, Grays, there were multiple founders. Mm. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's very difficult to separate business to personal relationship, yeah. definitely. But I think, um, again, it does depend on the business. Mm. Um, but I think if there's if there's two of you, it's probably perfect. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's enough for you not to go mad it's and you've got one, one person to rely on. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Kind of like the best way to start up. Do you gather, try and gather funding? Do you look at using savings, or do you, t you know, do loans and things like that? Like, what's the best way? Like, what's the best form of money? Again, this this is oh, we spend probably ages on the financial one because that's where yeah. actually people struggle the most yeah. with starting a business. Is oh, I can't that's afford the majority to, I can't of these afford questions to do it. Kind of on yeah. finances. I, I think with so covering the finance question, I think the way you guys sound like you've done it, where you've kind of saved up a bit mm. and put some money in. Um, which also is, you know, what I did. I also got a £500 startup loan with Passport to Export. It was a bit weird, actually, because to get the money, you had to spend the money first. So it was kind of any really repaying back what you'd already spent. Oh, you had okay. to prove you'd spent it on something. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we actually put it towards a, a show uh, when, when we did uh, had our, had our, uh, this, this startup uh, loan. Um, I think... I'm always really wary when people immediately go out to investors, external investors, because then straight away, you've always got someone that's got input in your business for a financial mm. reason. I think if you can do it yourself, save up and take the risk, yeah. you've got complete autonomy over the decisions. Yeah. Um, even if you do go and get a, a bank loan within reason, at least you know the, the, the bank are kind of controllable. Obviously, they want the money back, yeah. but they're not going to interfere in the day to day. Yeah. Um, but Jules and I had a, a mantra where if this went wrong, it only hurt us. Yeah. It didn't hurt someone else. And it always worries me where I know, I know serial entrepreneurs who never risk their own money. Yeah. They always want to risk someone else's. And I think where I've been asked to invest in businesses and, uh, you know, and they're asking for hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of pounds. Mm. And I say to the founder, how much skin in the game have you got in this? They don't have any. And you think, why would I invest in that? If this goes wrong, they lose nothing, but I lose potentially millions of pounds. Yeah. And I think you need to have a level of investment in the business as a founder where if it kind of goes wrong, it, it, it hurts you. And certainly if you want external investment, you need yeah. to at least match what they're, yeah. they're putting in. I know I'm kind of going around the houses in terms of the answer, but we kind of did it with our own money and saved up and it was very little. Yeah. And I guess you guys think I've done the same. Yeah. But the nice thing is about having no money is it really makes you think makes you think outside the box yeah. i think if you had more money you'd spend more money that's it yeah and that's yeah. not necessarily a good thing yeah. going back to your question about the tables if you'd got more money you'd have bought newer tables but actually yeah you didn't need newer tables no. 
um, you know, we'd got 500 quid. I mean, the, when we were down to 27, you know, we went and bought two T-shirts. We went and did body power and we, we spent £12 on two T-shirts. Had we got more money, we'd have probably had better T-shirts or bought more of them. Yeah. But true. sometimes you didn't need to. So it's quite nice because you can't spend what you don't have. Yeah. True. Um, that's very true. And again, yeah. everything's different. It's always going to be a risk. No one ever started a business with a ridiculous amount of money that, uh, that it, it, you know, it didn't hurt them if it went wrong. Yeah. And I can guarantee you those are the businesses that do go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you just don't he, see the value in no, it. No, I quite like a fire under me as well. I think I like being out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And certainly, as an entrepreneur and build a business, you're always very, very much out your comfort zone. And if I mean, I remember when I first had my first mortgage and uh, my first job, and my mortgage was nearly 70% of my, uh, my take home salary when I worked at a gym. And my dad said to me, How do you sleep at night? And I just said, I'll find it. I find the money. And every day you get up and go, right, I've got to pay the mortgage off. So you go out and you graft. And, you know, Jules and I would go out and we'd dig holes in the road for £10 a day if we needed to because yeah. you've got £10 more than you started with. Yeah. And that sounds like a really silly example and people say, no, you wouldn't. But we actually no. would. Yeah. You know, we, people we, don't believe I used to move rocks. Like when I used to do groundwork, so they were like, no, like you must have inherited or you've took my, I'm like, no, I used to move rocks. Like, oh, you've actually ruined one of my favourite sayings. So whenever something goes really bad... I'll always say with the guys, oh, it's co- it could be worse. We could be breaking rocks for a living. But actually, I've met someone that broke rocks. Did you break rocks or move rocks? Just move them. Oh, that's okay. It's not breaking so it's them. Sometimes they, they hit me. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they hit me, yeah, and I kick them away. But. Yeah, so yeah, when I say now you could be breaking rocks for a living, I'll always think about you. <laughs> um, but there's, yeah, there's no, there's no silver bullet to lots of this stuff. And I think yeah. just to kind of finish up with the whole entrepreneurial journey, mm. you always feel like you're the first people to ever do it. And for your business and your journey, you absolutely are. Mm. But you're not the first person that's ever set out yeah. on this scary entrepreneurial business or journey because it's terrifying. It's absolutely mm. terrifying. And I promise you what you're going through, a million people have been through before and a million mm. people go through after. And, and you know, in, in 10 years, you'll be, you'll, people will be asking you stuff. You'll be going, oh, we did this, we did that, we did this, we did that. And they'll, be, they'll look like you've, you've just totally invented fire yeah. uh, and it's an amazing feeling we can actually chat to entrepreneurs and say oh yeah we did this you never guess what we did and you've already started to get these amazing stories of success mm-hmm. and, and failure um but enjoy the journey and uh, and, and again brand is never finished so it's absolutely fine if the journey yeah. takes a bit yeah. of a convoluted path yeah yeah yeah. Hopefully that's helpful to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. You've learned absolutely yeah. nothing I can... Uh, no, I can if anything, but it's just comforting to know that, you know, we are kind of like, hopefully like on the right track and it's, doing all the right it's things. not wrong to make certain mistakes as long as it's not mistakes that are going to be absolute failure. I mean, we've chatted on air for an hour, we've chatted off air for another hour as well and I don't think you've said a single thing that I've thought has scared me, you've thought that's fundamentally wrong, oh. don't, you know, don't do that, not a single thing. Which That's is a good start. It's an amazing start because it's unheard of because I'm really critical. So right. it's 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 absolutely unheard of. But as well, keep us involved with the journey and you've got our details. And again, as and when you need to know things as well, just pick the phone up. Yeah. Oh, My pleasure. That. Anytime. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Right. Wish you all the best with it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, thanks for tuning in and always. That was Pull the Pin. And this week we were pulling the pin on startups. Two amazing guests as always. We've had Alex and Beth from Life Bar. So hopefully you've learnt some interesting snippets about starting a business, entrepreneurialism and the risks that take. And remember to subscribe to us. We're on all available platforms. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify and iTunes. 